1: You're listening to the Uncontested, coming at you with another post-game podcast as the Thunder beat the LA Clippers 110-104. Justin here with you tonight. Thanks for following along on our Twitter at the uncontested. Here to break it down for you. Um, this was a big game for the Thunder. It was the second night of a back-to-back. They just played last night in Denver. They lost a game. They probably shouldn't have lost. They've had a tough stretch this week. We knew it would be a difficult stretch of four games. They beat the Jazz to start the week, then turned around and lost to the Pelicans, lost to the Nuggets. So tonight against the Clippers really kind of felt like a must win. The Clippers were also struggling a little bit. They came out and had a really hot start to the season, but they've been waffling a little bit. I think they've lost.
0: Is really locked up pretty tight right now. Uh, Every game counts
1: when you're talking about an interconference game like we had tonight. So with that, uh, it was a really good win for the Thunder, for them to be able to to come out strong on the second night of a back-to-back after kind of falling flat against Denver. I think there was a lot of encouraging things that we can take from tonight's game, the first of which is the return of the Thunder defense. You know, we've talked about it a lot. The Thunder are the number one defense in the NBA right now. But if you've watched the games recently, it certainly didn't feel like it. You look back to last week against Brooklyn and Chicago, where they looked awful, and then even more recently this week with New Orleans and Denver, where they just really looked disengaged. They didn't look like the locked-in Thunder defense that we've grown accustomed to this season. They were switching a lot on screens, giving up a ton of three-pointers. And so when you compare a game like, let's take the Chicago game last week, where Chicago's the worst offense in the NBA, and the Thunder gave up 70 points In the first half. So tonight they come out and they only give up 69 points to Los Angeles through three quarters. That is an impressive turnaround. That's more on the caliber of defense that we've grown to expect from this Thunder and that they're capable of with their length and their athleticism. That should be the quality of defense they should be able to bring every night. Now, that said, they did take their foot off the gas late. They give up 35 points in the fourth quarter. They let it get way too tight. The game should have been put away over, done with. But the Thunder let the Clippers back into it. It's something that OKC seems to like to do. They like to take their foot off the gas and have to put the starters back in and really make things more interesting than they need to be. In terms of tonight, I'm going to choose to chalk it up to being on the second night of a back-to-back. It was the third game in four nights. I think these guys are tired. They, they got a little lackadaisical, and yes, it shouldn't have gotten that close, but it did. But ultimately, the Thunder pull out the win. You look at some of these defensive stats, though, from tonight. Seven blocks, 13 steals, 26 total turnovers for the Clippers. Those are numbers that we hadn't been seeing from the Thunder recently. They did still give up a lot of threes tonight, but overall, just outside of the raw numbers, if you watch this game, you could see OKC was much more locked in. They were fighting hard through screens. They were getting their hands into passing lanes, some monster blocks. I think Grant, Grant had three blocks. Some of them were just ridiculous. Noel had two massive blocks. Those two guys are locking down the paint in a fashion that we haven't seen since uh, Serge Ibaka was in Oklahoma City. And honestly, this is a good segue. Uh, So speaking of things we haven't seen since Serge Ibaka, I want to talk about Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant continues to play at an unbelievable clip. Tonight he put in 18 points off 8 of 11 from the floor, four boards, two steals, those three blocks like I mentioned And I kind of joked about this like a week or two ago, but like if you squint your eyes out there, it kind of looks like Jeremy Grant is Serge Ibaka. They're both rocking that number nine jersey. He's skying to shut down shots in the paint. He's got the three-point flowing like Serge Ibaka used to do. But, you know, it is starting to feel like less of a joke these days uh, because Grant's play just keeps coming. Every moment when I think that it's not going to be sustainable, that it's just a hot streak or a high point or he's peaked or plateaued, he keeps coming. His 18 points tonight were the second highest scoring output on the team behind Paul George. I don't think anybody, myself included, would have predicted Jeremy Grant to be our second leading scorer uh, this consistently because this isn't the first time that's happened this season. Jeremy is playing at an unbelievable level. And I think, honestly, at this point, you have to start accepting it as this is a trend, not a fluke. He's consistently shot the three ball better than anybody else on the Thunder. Now, that's not saying a ton because the Thunder don't have a lot of great shooters. But when you do have guys like Abrinas and Patterson, uh, even uh, Schroeder, T-Ferg, those guys can put in threes. And even Paul George. Uh, Paul George is a, is a pretty solid three point shooter, but Jeremy Grant is still the highest percentage three point shooter on this team. He put in a lot of work this off season. I think his growth has been, uh, massively understated. Uh, but I think when you look at, when you look at what he has been able to deliver for this thunder team, I can't help, but get excited for the future because there's no way that Jeremy Grant has reached his full potential yet. I think when when we look back at the trade that the Thunder put forth to secure Jeremy Grant and the contract that he's on right now, it could be one of the biggest steals in the entire league. Uh, He's he's a highly underpaid player for the performance that he gives the Thunder every night. So we talked about the return of the Thunder defense. Uh, I also want to talk about another return tonight, and I want to say tonight was a return of good Russ. Now... This could be challenged. It might be a little controversial. Uh, Good Russ doesn't necessarily shoot 4 of 17 from the floor. But I thought that outside of not being able to make a layup, everything that Russell Westbrook did tonight was what you want him to do. And that's not always been the case in these last few games. It's interesting because tonight he didn't get a triple-double. He finished with 13 points, 9 boards, 12 assists, and 6 steals. So he didn't get the triple-double, and in a few recent games, he has gotten the triple-double, but I feel like tonight, he played better than in those other recent games where he did get the numbers. Why I think he played better, he was locked in on the defensive end. That's been the most frustrating part about the shooting slump for me, is... It feels like when Russ isn't getting it going on the offensive end, he slacks off on defense. He's not he's not as aggressive. He's not as locked in, and so it hurts the Thunder even more because now he's not making shots, but he's also giving up scoring opportunities for the team on the other end. Tonight he was locked in on both sides of the ball. Those six steals are a new season high. Uh, He was everywhere. He was diving on the floor for loose balls. He was getting into passing lanes. He was making some incredible passes. He had twelve assists, like I mentioned. But he had some absolutely sick passes and some absolutely beautiful passes on shots that weren't made or miscommunications. He had this one one handed pass that he threw towards Steven Adams, which was an ill advised pass because Steven Adams wasn't looking. But had Adams been looking the right direction, it would have been a highlight play and one of the most beautiful assists of the game for Russell Westbrook. He shot three of four from three out of that four of 17, which means... Uh, math would tell you he shot one of 13 from two, like I mentioned, not ideal. So it's a little, um, skept, uh, not skeptical, a little, uh, controversial to call it good Russ, uh, cause one of 13 from two is obviously not ideal, but he, he kept trying to get his shot going, but it never felt like he was forcing it. And I think that was another difference that we've seen tonight versus, what we've seen in recent games is a lot of times where his shot's not going, it starts to feel like he's forcing it. He starts chucking. Uh, those, those four threes that he shot, they all felt like pretty good shots. He got good looks. They were open. He made three of them. It wasn't like he started heaving to try and make up for his deficiencies in getting to the rim. So I thought overall, really good game from Russ. Uh, probably the best performance from the Thunder tonight, though, was Paul George. Paul George continues to just be on an absolute tear. He's a pretty streaky player, but he, his hot streak is, uh, is growing on quite a few games right now. He put in 33 points, 7 boards, 6 assists, and added a steal and a block just for good measure. He was everywhere. He shot 5 of 9 from 3-point range, 11 of 19 overall, 6 of 8 from the stripe. He might be the only uh, Thunder player who can consistently hit a free throw, which is a whole nother issue. Um, but Paul George is just playing on a level right now that we've not seen from Paul George since he came to Oklahoma city. We saw it from him when he was in Indiana, but we hadn't seen it yet in a thunder uniform The stretch of games he's put together all the way back to uh, the Brooklyn game last week where he absolutely took over and pulled the Thunder out of the grave to win that game. He's continued to put in consistent scoring outputs. He's looked like an MVP caliber player every night that the Thunder have stepped on the floor since. I don't know if this is just another uh, hot streak. I hope it doesn't end. I hope this can be like consistent PG. You know, you think back to when he who must not be named was on the Thunder and he was dropping, you know, ridiculous streaks of twenty point, twenty five point games in a row. I hope that this is something that we can count on PG for, especially when Russell Westbrook isn't scoring the ball as efficiently as he has in the past. If Russ, if uh, Paul George can become your new consistent scorer, that opens up so many things for this team to continue to find success, like we saw tonight. Another big improvement for the Thunder tonight was the bench. Uh, Jacob called this out on last night's post game podcast, and I thought it was a really smart call out. Last night, the bench only had two players score Dennis Schroeder put in 11, and Tupat had three points. That's not going to get it done. There are a lot of other reasons the Thunder collapsed against the Nuggets last night. But only having two guys score off the bench is obviously going to affect some things, and you're not going to win many games when that's the case. So the good news is, tonight, the bench responded. Four of five players that played tonight scored. You had Noel put in four points. Schroeder had eight. Abrinas had six. Diallo had ten. The only one that didn't score was Patrick Patterson. He had zero points on zero shot attempts in 14 minutes. I I don't know what to do with Tupat at this point. I, he... He's a streaky player, too. We talk about it with Paul George, but he's known to be a streaky player. But this streak has gone on far too long. Uh, he's not can, he's not valuable on the defensive end. He's a liability. He's not valuable on the offensive end when he doesn't even put up a shot attempt. So at this point, his 14 minutes are essentially useless to this team right now. I'd rather see them go to uh, Nader or TLC or Burton now, I'm not trying to say that any of those three guys are better players than Patterson, but it's just the output that they're getting from Patterson. It it literally can't be worse. So at this point, it's worth a shot in my mind. Diallo had a great game, uh, continues to bring forth high energy. One play that sticks out in my mind was he was driving baseline and kind of got bumped and started falling out of bounds. I think it was by Tobias Harris, and he's falling out of bounds and just chucks the ball at Tobias Harris's head, who's laying on the ground and it rolls out to maintain the possession for the Thunder. That's such a a heady veteran move that we wouldn't expect to see from a rookie, and I think it kind of personifies what Hamadou Diallo has brought to this team, and that's a level of experience far beyond his years. He doesn't play like a rookie. He's always making smart plays. He's always benefiting things in the positive. He still has his rookie mistakes, but overall, his level of maturity in his game is far beyond what we would expect from a rookie and far far beyond what we see from most rookies at this point in their careers. So overall, like I mentioned, a great Thunder win. Uh, they kind of get things back on track. They're, they've locked up third place in the West again behind the Nuggets and the Warriors. The Clippers actually dropped to fifth behind the Lakers, who have crept all the way up in the standings. They're now uh, vying for home court advantage in the playoffs if that were to start today. Uh, let's move to some Twitter questions. The first one comes from at Nick Claussen. He asks, is Russ broken? So we touched on this a little bit. Um, I don't think he's broken. I, I am worried. There's something going on. His shot has not been there. He's never been a great shooter, but he certainly uh, can make a layup. With regularity, he blew a fast break layup. He had a couple inside drives that fell apart. Um, some fast breaks where you kind of expect to see him, you know, throw down a Russ hammer and he, and it's just not there. I think I think it's a it's a complicated issue. Some of it's his ankle. I think that's still lingering. I think some of it is probably, you know, having twins at home. I'm a father of two myself. And I know that whenever you have a new kid at home, it's exhausting no matter how much help you have. So while that's not something that you know we typically think about with a, a superstar NBA player, I think that probably has something to do with it. And then I think a lot of it's mental. I think he's adjusting to a slightly new role in this Thunder offense, and he's having to get used to it. And I think it's taking... A little bit of uh mental energy that he hasn't always had to use. So now he's he's kind of overthinking things a little bit, whereas before he was just this aggressive kind of cannonball that shot through everything in its path. Now he's kind of slowing down, he's sizing things up. And what you're seeing is when he's getting in those moments where he can facilitate, he's making really nice passes. Um, he's doing things well, but I think it'll continue to be an adjustment, period. That said, we've seen the potential of the other guys around him so that when Russ does start to figure it out, I get very excited about the potential of this team. Because if you can get an output like we got tonight from PG-13, an output like we got tonight from Jeremy Grant, the types of games we've gotten lately from Steven Adams, and a solid output from the bench, that's a team that's not going to lose very many games. So now we have two more uh, Twitter questions that are not quite as serious. Uh, they come from our own uncontested members. Thanks for that. The first one from our own at Thunder 405. Jacob asks, would you rather eat one pound of pixie sticks in 10 minutes or one pound of lard over the span of a week? So I did the math on this. Uh, there are roughly 200 pixie sticks in a pound. I'm not confident I could eat 200 pixie sticks in 10 minutes. I don't know that that's physically possible. It's kind of like the cinnamon challenge where it's just like you can't get that much powder down your throat. I don't think there's any way I could put away 200 pixie sticks in 10 minutes. On the other hand, lard is a a great oil substitute in cooking. It makes a delicious fried chicken. Um, So I'm going to say give me the lard, baby. Uh, the other question comes from our own at boomtown RW. He asks, would you rather lay in a bed of cockroaches for two minutes or eat two cockroaches a day for two weeks? Um, I'm going to say eat them because what I'm, am ass- going to make some assumptions here. If I'm laying in the bed of cockroaches for two minutes, those cockroaches are alive. They're going to be crawling on me. They're going to be going in my ears, up my nose, in my eyes. And that sounds like nightmare fuel. If I'm eating them, I'm going to squish those things before they go in my mouth. Maybe I'm going to sprinkle a little cayenne pepper on them, a little bit of sriracha. Uh, I'm going to do my best with those things. I'm not saying it's going to taste good, but it'll at least be better than a cockroach up my nose. Moving on, uh, looking at the upcoming schedule, the Thunder play Monday versus Chicago, Hopefully uh, a game the Thunder can get a little bit of revenge. Chicago has been just an absolute clown fiesta as of late. There's players uh, holding meetings and coaches holding meetings and coaches holding meetings with players and players holding meetings about meetings. And I don't know what's going on up there, but they might be the most dysfunctional franchise in the NBA. And that is saying something. Then the Thunder next play Wednesday at Sacramento. Sacramento obviously is infamous for dropping 133 points on the Thunder early in the season. They had that really hot start. They have sunk a little bit in the standings. They're now down in the ninth spot. But like I mentioned, kind of top to bottom, it's so tight that the Kings are only three games back of the Thunder in the standings right now, despite being six places apart. We know um, the Kings, the Kings have been playing well. The Aaron Fox is playing out of his mind. That'll that'll be a game the Thunder will have to be on top of uh, their defense, on top of their discipline, on top of their focus in order to come out of Sacramento with a win. Thanks for listening. That'll do it for tonight's post game podcast. Be sure to uh, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. You can find our episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and our website, theuncontestedsports.com. Be sure to like, review, and subscribe. We especially appreciate the reviews. if you If you like the content we're putting out there, give us a five star review. It means a lot to us, and we really appreciate you taking the time to interact with us. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Follow me, Justin, on Twitter at OKCTracker. Uh, that'll do it for tonight. We'll catch you back here on Monday uh, for the postgame podcast after we play the Chicago Bulls. Thanks for listening, and thunder out.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.